You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Invasion, invasion. We're not allowed to say the word invasion. Invasion, invasion. The word we're not allowed to say is invasion, 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 invasion. That's helpful. It is. Uh, just so you can remember what that word is. Uh, it's invasion that you're not supposed to say any now because, uh, because it causes people to uh, go into violence. No, it really doesn't. No, the word doesn't. Uh-uh. No. You know uh-uh. what doesn't? Definitely doesn't cause people to go into violence. What? And create any conflict. Um, it only unites people. Mm-hmm. Is when you accuse 50% of the United States of America of being racist. Racist. That is definitely yeah. not something... That's that, a word that, you can use. That's fine. Well, in certain circumstances, you can use it. You may have found out in the past that you're not allowed to use it in all circumstances. No, not in all circumstances. There's if you're a- questioning the, races, uh, the racist tendencies of a president that is not a Republican... Ah, you can't use can't it then. Use it. But there's it. lots of other times. Yeah, right you now you can use it. You know the word you can't use? What's that? Invasion. Invasion. Right. We're not allowed to say the word invasion. Invasion, invasion, the word we're not allowed to say is invasion, 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 all right, just watch me, you know, and then you're trapped in the snowstorm and you end up, you know, eating each other. But not all rebellion is good, but I'm tired of the stupid, uh, I, I'm tired of the stuff that is, the word rebellion? I mean, that's not, a, that shouldn't even be rebellious. But if you look, you know, we are in the time of of Lenny Bruce. I mean, really, truly, Lenny Bruce said the things that were humorous, uh, but was making a point and wasn't afraid to say it. And if he went to jail, he went to jail. We're not even talking about jail. We're talking about Facebook jail. And we're afraid to say stuff. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the uh, story that was written or the, uh, the op-ed that was written in The Spectator by Bridget Phetasy. She's a new friend of uh, new friend of mine, and I just I think she's hysterical, uh, and I think she's hysterical because she's never really been political, and and yet she thought she was. She thought she was this uber lefty, and in many ways she, I don't know. In many ways, she kind of is. I don't know if she's really lefty. She's just. Uh, you know, she's like, I just want everybody to get together and be happy and be nice to each other. And I don't think she's... Uh, it's not even that. I don't, <laughs> she's certainly not an uber lefty. I, I would not classify her No, I think she was perceived as one. There's just this thing that I think that you see a lot now. There's like a, an aspect of uh, the left and the sort of moderate side of things that looks at the world and says, okay, I might not agree with you on taxes or health care or whatever, but like clearly the left woke thing is nuts yes right like you know the this incredible pc 
you know, cancel culture craziness is something that can't possibly be positive for our civilization. Yeah, right? like if you, you know, you get in trouble just for saying invasion, oh. invasion. We're not allowed to say the word invasion, invasion, invasion. The word we're not allowed to say is invasion, 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 invasion. You know, for instance, like if you're on Fox News, here they are avoiding it. Facts we spoke about is simple. When you have individuals in in large quantities that Mm -hmm. enter another country by force or illegally waving the flag of another country, that is an invasion. I stand by those words. Hold on. So so what, what this has caused... Go ahead. Art, so obviously we've got to push back on comments like that. People will take issue with you calling it that. It's obviously a sensitive issue right now. So I want to deal with what we saw in this exclusive video with this armed man throwing these devices into this ICE facility last month. This is obviously something that you need to directly respond to because this is this is something that is alarming. Okay, so. Wait, so he just gave the definition of an invasion, and they said, don't use the word invasion. Invasion. Okay, all right, stop, We're stop. Not okay. <laughs> I, stop it. Stop it right now. Well, what word are we not supposed to use? I can't even, I don't even know now. You stopped it in the middle. Oh, I assume you didn't, they were getting to. Really? Yeah. You didn't. Invasion. Invasion. Oh. We're not allowed to say the word invasion. Invasion, invasion, the word we're not allowed to say is invasion, 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 From Bridget Fetessy, like millions of other Americans, I'm exhausted. But I'm not tired from resisting or tired from screaming at a MAGA rally. I'm just tired of the toxic tribalism infecting the very foundations of our democracy straining our relationships and poisoning our view of our fellow humans i'm tired of everyone being outraged getting worked up over the latest news cycle only to forget about it two hours later i'm tired of being afraid to voice my own opinions of knowing how saying the wrong thing at a barbecue while someone is filming on their iphone could result in a nationwide clarion call for my head on a pike I'm tired of the rage mobs and the cancellations. 2016 was a breaking point, or at least a watershed moment, when the vilification of diverse opinion exploded. Trump versus Hillary faced everything into, forced everything into a binary, and suddenly bipartisan, bipartisanship and moderation and radical positions to take. Now... You aren't just voicing out of habit or, God forbid, voting for your own interests. Every vote is a statement on your own personal identity and worth, your value, who you are, what world you want, whether or not you're a good person or an evil person. It all boils down to whichever lever you pull. Damn your reasons. Vote for the right person or else you're a fascist or a racist, a globalist or a communist. Politically disinterested citizens like me have increasingly been pulled off the sidelines into this incredibly divisive political climate. Unwilling combatants in a battle fought among fiercely partisan tribes. 
many are being bullied into involving themselves in the process because intolerance and shaming have become features of the American life. Thanks in no small part to social media, the simple act of expressing your opinion or even going so far as to ask a question has been negative, has had negative effects on lives and has destroyed people. You may have once fancied yourself a good progressive while also having an opinion that there are only two genders, or you may describe yourself as a staunch conservative, but tend to think racial targeting by police is a problem. Or the cardinal sin. You may have decided to vote for a candidate you felt better represented your concerns. Upon voicing on social media, you think you're fairly normal and have moderate views, but then you find out something you didn't know. You are the enemy. And not just the enemy, you're evil, evil, evil. After 2016's chaotic impact on the culture took hold, each mere opinion or vote became life or death, the fight for the survival of civilization. And you're either with civilization or you're against civilization. The trouble is everyone believes they're on the right side of history, and they all justify abhorrent behavior in service of that belief. Families are now divided. Extremes have become more extreme, and shades of gray are being shunned. Expressions of nuance mocked. Anyone moderate with a brain and anything, lo anything to lose has gone completely silent. I get it. I understand why the silent majority is uneasy. They're not wrong to worry that sharing their opinion could cost them their livelihood. Most people are just trying to raise their families and pay their bills and pine for the days when they only had to think about politics every four years. Now, millions of independent thinkers recently polled at about 70% of the American population are labeled as the exhausted majority. Those harboring intense feelings of political homelessness and ideological isolation. You say that at number again, 70%. Both parties demand totalitarian-like devotion to their ideology. And if you're indifferent, apathetic, or nuanced in your approach to politics, you'll end up in the wasteland of the center, tireless, unprotected, and increasingly insulated. You'll have no tribe, but you're not alone. My inboxes have become something of a confession booth for people who have issues with their own side or sympathy for their political opponents. People I speak with at length in person have all manner of opinions and thoughts, and they, they don't, not only don't uh, feel comfortable admitting this publicly, but they go out of their way to craft an online image that portrays sometimes the exact opposite. The trouble with living under mob law is that no one is honest. Gee, think of that. But this silencing of public and private personas needs to stop. We all abandon our duty as citizens when we put party loyalty over thinking critically and speaking truthfully. We can't expect integrity from our leaders if we don't expect it from ourselves. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. It is absolutely our duty as citizens to
to denounce demagoguery, where we see it, when we see it, to fight corruption, to push back against attacks on free speech, due process, and the scientific method, to combat racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of bigotry, to continue to extend the gains made by the civil rights movement, to demand compromise and moderation. This starts with fighting our own tribal instincts and laziness and educating ourselves. We may not see eye to eye on how to best how to best make America even greater, but we need to be able to have a conversation about it that starts with extending good faith and grace to people with whom we disagree. It doesn't start with calling everyone who disagrees with us garbage. This is what we have been saying, and the good news is it's coming from people who have traditionally considered themselves on the left. It's happening, and I'll uh, I'll show you. Uh, I'm the beginning of a theory. I think the pendulum is swinging back the other way. So Bridget was saying in her in her essay that democracy doesn't die in the darkness. It dies when politics become team sports. In full view of a bloodthirsty cheering electorate. You know, um, it's interesting because the democracy dies in the darkness. No, it really doesn't. It, you know, one of my favorite scenes from Star Wars, any of the first three, it's in fact one of the only good scenes, is that one scene <laughs> where Palpatine is talking about protecting the Empire and everyone is cheering and he's talking about all the evil things he's going to do and everyone is cheering and that's when What's-Her-Face, Natalie Portman's character says... This is how democracy dies. It's how liberty dies. It's how with liberty dies. Thunderous applause. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's true. We are we're in the Roman Colosseum. We just not we're just not feeding each other to lions. Dot dot dot. Yet, we're just not there. But we are headed that way. We are. I mean, it was it was funny last week to hear people call people conspiracy theorists on both sides for the same kind of theory. One just said that Epstein was killed by, uh, you know, Trump, and the other side said it was he was killed by Clinton. You know, there's a possibility, and I, I, I don't know if you're willing to consider it, that neither of those guys killed him. Yeah, it seems like the the medical examiner came up with that crazy theory. Yeah, which was uh, he hung himself. Yeah, in in his jail cell. The medical examiner's name, of course, was George Soros. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it... you're not caring for the, the uh, caring water for the Nazis. I, I was, you're, 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 you have a right to your own voice. Well, this is the coverage you saw in Portland, right? Like, you don't have to be, you know, some militia group marking, marching down the streets of Portland, and you also don't need to be Antifa. Yes. Right. And like I was listening to even there was some, you know, expert from the he served in the Barack Obama administration talking about. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, he was a you know, terrorism expert. And he's mm. talking about the rise of, of these groups on, and mm. on both sides. And he does mention Antifa as, as a danger, but goes on to say, look, you know, I think it's very ironic that we're talking about making Antifa into a terrorist group when they were specifically formed 
to stop terrorism. No, they it's weren't. like, no, they weren't. What world do you live in where you you actually believe because it says Antifa that you're like, oh, well, they anti-fascists. Anti-fascist. See, they're anti-fascist, so therefore they're okay. They're, they're no, pro-totalitarianism. They're well, yeah, they're they, just... are, they are communists. They were, this comes from the battle between communists and fascists in the 1930s. And they were both just as dangerous and both just as deadly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy to think otherwise. And to, that, to get someone who just will come out and say, look, taking pieces of cement and throwing them at officers and citizens, beating the crap out of old people yeah. in the middle of the street, yeah. why that has to have any controversy attached to it, why you can't just say that and admit it is a big pro- part of the problem I think she's talking about here. So I want to get into uh, the pendulum between me and we, the we generation and the me generation, and how that has an 80-year cycle. But I think it's starting to go back to the me, and I'll explain. I'm going to share with you some what I think is good news. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been studying waves and uh, and pendulums and curves for a, for a long time now. I've been looking for where history repeats itself. And one of the important pendulums has been the me and we. Back in the 1980s, we were at the the zenith of the me generation. And everybody says that's bad. And it might be bad because we are in this together. But the deal with a me generation is it never goes bad with government uh, taking over a bunch of stuff because... It's all about the individual. And so nobody can cobble together a big enough force to have a, you know, a totalitarian state, traditionally speaking. And it's an 80-year cycle. Now we're approaching the zenith of the we. The last time uh, America or the West saw we was in the 1930s. And we know what happened. And we went through the New Deal because we were all in it together and we had all kinds of socialist ideas that had been brewing for a while, but all of a sudden they kicked in. Same thing happened. The we before that uh, was during the Civil War, uh, and that was the the exact time that over in Europe they were doing the Communist Manifesto. And the time before that was the American Revolution and the French Revolution. The French Revolution shows that if you don't have the right principles it goes awry the the communist manifesto in europe if you go into a we generation and you don't have the right principles you go awry same thing here so 2025 is the peak of the we generation and then it starts to come back now i asked the guy who did all the research on this and i said so do you what what is the effect of social media and he said we don't know and I said, it, would, it should speed it up, shouldn't it? And he said, it might. Well, I think we have, I think we've seen the peak. I could be wrong, but I think we've seen the peak of the we generation. I think we're moving in the other direction. And let me make the case. There are three factors that we're all feeling right now. One of them is globalism. Globalism versus nationalism. The globalists, I think, are still in control, and, and a lot of people feel the pressure from globalism. And when I say globalism, what I mean is having to be the world's policeman, 
having everybody tied together and no real nation state, no borders or anything else. And on top of that, uh, you have uh, corrupt cronyism and capitalism that's just corrupt. Not a free market, but a corrupt game-playing capitalism that's controlled by very wealthy people and governments. Okay, So those things are still on the rise. And no one, you can say you're cleaning out the swamp, but are you cleaning out the swamp? Is the swamp allowed to be cleaned out by anybody? Who's actually taking on... Uh, the big things. Now, Donald Trump, you can paint him as a warmonger, but the last thing he is is a warmonger. He was not for any of these wars. That is a direct reflection of people saying, I'm tired of this globalist thing. And that's why it's being pushed to nationalism. Okay. And it's being pushed there by things that are easily taken care of. But if you don't take care of those things, the country will become more and more nationalistic because what people are saying is, why are we spending so much money abroad? Why are we doing these things? These people are getting rich and I'm getting poor. What are you doing? I care about my country. I care about when you boil it down. I don't care about my country as much as I care about my neighborhood. I do care about my country, but I'm seeing things fall apart in my neighborhood. And that's the pain point. That's what's pushing nationalism, uh, and it's going to push it on both sides. In the end, it'll push it on both sides. Socialism is also going up, but that is because capitalism has not been routed out for being corrupt. It needs to be corrected. Companies need to be corrected. Let them stand on their own. Let them fail. Don't give them any special favors. Let the little guy have a chance to compete. That's not happening. And every day you read something about Facebook or, Facebook or Google, those things are hurting. They're not helping because people see these things as giant corporations, not socialist movement. Giant corporations that are corrupt, that are getting their way and getting rich off of our backs. So that's another reason why socialism is going up. But we're going the opposite direction, and I think this is a, a leading indicator we're starting to feel the pain now on we. We're starting to feel the pain on I have to walk lockstep with a tribe or I'm going to lose my job or I'm going to lose all my friends or I'm going to lose my family. That's so un-American. That's so unlike us, except in we moments. And it's the worst I've ever seen it. And the worst, I think this is the worst since the Civil War. And you're either with entirely 100% or you're against entirely 100%. And people are tired of it. And they're, they're fed up with it on both sides. I think this is good news, Pat. Yeah, and uh, there may have been some indication of what you're talking about with Bill Maher over the weekend. Right? Yeah. Uh, have you guys played that yet? No, let's play. Here's, here's Bill Maher over the weekend. BDS is a purity test by people who want to appear woke but actually slept through history class that's awesome that is awesome wow he's talking about the boycott israel movement on this notion i think it's, it's very shallow thinking that the jews are in israel mostly white and the palestinians are browner so they must be innocent and correct and the jews must be wrong 
as, as if the occupation came right out of the blue, that this completely peaceful people found themselves occupied. Forget about the infitadas and the suicide bombings the and, and the rockets and how many wars. Yep. And uh, let me read Omar Barghouti is one of the co-founders of the movement. His quote, no Palestinian, rational Palestinian, not a sellout Palestinian, will ever accept a Jewish state in Palestine. Hmm. So that's where that comes from, this movement. Someone who doesn't even want a, Palest- a Jewish state at all. Incredible. Somehow this side never gets presented in the American media. It's very odd. Isn't it? Huh. How about that? How about He's that for one a Democrat, the- a, a clear-cut liberal coming out against that BDS movement? He's one of the only guys that has been able to withstand it somewhat. Yeah. he has Even he has crumbled somewhat. Um, but he has been willing to stand up for what he believed was right in spite of his audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing it more and more. And this is this this is almost a third rail, almost a third rail. It's not quite. But if you left it alone, it would be another year or two of festering with BDS and just looking the other way. It would become a third rail on the left. Yeah, and what did we see this weekend? We saw uh, Omar and Talib, I believe it was, retweeting a Holocaust deniers cartoon yeah. about about Israel. You had um, Palestine banning um, uh, uh, pro- uh, events by LGBT um, uh, communities in the area because mm. you can't. They can't do that. There's no no complaint from anyone here in the United States. These people that were so angry about Elon Omar. And Rashida Tlaib not being able to go visit her grandmother, even though she was, and decided not to. So upset about that, but not upset about them, you know, retweeting cartoons from Holocaust deniers. Mm -hmm. And not upset about LGBT people being trounced in their rights in Palestine. Mm -hmm. Quote, unquote, Palestine. No interest at all from them on that that story. Fascinating. I think the squad or the tribe or whatever you want to call them. Uh, that pack of of rabid women, uh, I think they're actually hurting the Democrats more than they more than anyone oh. ever thought. And I think the leadership knows that. Oh yeah, but they oh. just can't get a grip on them. It's, they can't, it, it they is, can't control them. It's one of the. Of course not. Mm-hmm. They're revolutionaries. Right. Um, the the um, amazing thing to me is is this is part of the pain that people are feeling. They don't want to be, for instance, let, let's take on our own side. There are lots of things about Donald Trump that bother me. Mm-hmm. And you're immediately called a racist if you like Donald Trump. Well, I don't like the footsie that, you know, people like Steve Bannon were playing. Um, I don't think Donald Trump is a racist. I don't. I don't think he hates the Jews. I don't think Clearly he hates not. the Muslims. I don't nope. think he hates Mexicans. He's a businessman and a performer. That's what he is. And you may not like what he says or how he says it and some of his policies, but that doesn't make you a racist. But if you step out and go, I don't really like that. I don't like what he said there. All of a sudden, you're a what? Conservative? Yeah. You know, you're 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 out of the tribe. That won't work if you want to get anyone elected with any kind of of majority that's what the democrats have taught the right and that's what the democrats are farther down this road and i think there's a lot of democrats who are like look i want to be i believe in you know health care for all and i believe in a lot of these things 
But I got to tell you, I don't believe America is a bad place. And I don't believe BDS is right. And there's something wrong with these women. There's something wrong with these Congress people. These people are not in line with the average Democrat. And I think there's a lot of Democrats that want to say that. Just as many Democrats as there are Republicans who say, yeah, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, but I got a problem with this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, mm-hmm. the greatest strategy of uh, electoral uh, strategy for Donald Trump right now is to show everyone exactly who the squad is. Keep pointing to them and telling everyone that's who the Democrats are. It is. And the Democrats are trying, doing everything they can behind the scenes to try to make it so that's not obvious to everyone right because <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean like what is the real line between uh, the the average democrat and um and the squad i mean it's it's generally speaking loudness right yeah. the squad keeps admitting these things they've been fighting for for how many decades mm-hmm. uh, and that's not what's supposed to happen mm-hmm. and they're just kind of dumb enough to blurt it out they're they the want to tell you who yeah, they, they are do remember really that yeah. yeah i said that i'll uh-huh. never forget i can i can still feel what i felt like when i said that on fox in 2009 or 10 Mm -hmm. they want they're desperate to tell you who they really are absolutely that will be their undoing and that's it their masks have come off and Mm -hmm. they they refuse to sit down because they know they're right and they're tired of it They're tired of all these people saying, oh, that's not the American people. You can't say that. They want to tell you. They're tired of the incremental progression. The progression Mm -hmm. is not fast enough And now they're going for revolution. Exactly right. Exactly right. Thank you so much, Pat. The best of the Glenn Beck program. The best of the Glenn Beck program. You know, this might say something about the company that I keep, uh, but I had a lot of volunteers to go to Portland uh, this last weekend. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? I want to be there. I want to see this. Uh, Elijah Schaefer was uh, the one that was selected to go up to, uh, uh, at least for for me. I know. I think he was going up anyway. Um, But uh, he went up to Portland and was in the crowd you know, videotaping and documenting the beatings, and he saw all kinds of things. Welcome to the program, Elijah. How are you? You know what? I'm doing great right now. I'm talking to you outside of Portland, Oregon, still here in the middle of uh, Ground Zero. Thank you for having me on. You, you bet. The uh, host of Slightly Offensive, uh, and uh, <laughs> Elijah goes into some of the places that I would never go into, uh, and for, I think for obvious reason, I think I would have had the, ki- the uh, crap kicked out of me. Uh, in that crowd uh, this weekend. Yeah, you know what? And I, I'm not going to be vulgar here, but this is a true story. You know, I was brandishing some Blaze logos while I was out there, and a lot of people, uh, surprising Glenn, they really hate you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, they, 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 uh, they had a weird obsession um, with your genitals to the point, if you actually watch one of our clips, um, one man would dressed in a uh, dog, I guess I could describe it as a dog sex fetish costume, which is the number one way to get respect and show you mean business. In sure. Public. Uh, sure. He had, he had a megaphone. He was leading the chants during, after they had assaulted and beat up uh, two elderly people. He just began to talk mm. about things that maybe I was doing with you. Um, a lot of homophobic slurs talking about 
the taste of your body and weird things and that you're a Mormon. These guys know all about you. So you're basically a little celebrity in that. Yeah, good, good. Well, I'd love to, you know, have I'd love to have him come over and I'll put a dog dish down so he can have some water. I do believe we have a bleeped version of this particular video. Right. If you'd like to, if you haven't seen this, Glenn. Yeah, go ahead. We'll hear the um, guy on the megaphone here in a moment. any more of what he was saying. No, I, I think we all get Interesting it. observations uh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed to be very, very in the... I thought a lot about it, I would say, Elijah. It was not a off-the-top-of-his-head sort of point. Yeah. He seemed to be dreaming about it for a very long time. So, Elijah, yeah. as you're... <laughs> I think we can move on from this. Uh, Elijah, as you're, you're sitting there and you're watching them beat people, is there anybody decent in the crowd? Is there anyone that's wearing a mask that is like you're thinking they're thinking, no, we got to stop doing this. This is not good. Yeah, you know, I, I really would have hoped that was the case. And, and actually what happened was I think uh, obviously these are protesters, right? So I don't want to paint the picture that, you know, everybody on the right side isn't also maybe looking for a fight because there are people out there looking for a fight. But what happened was is after they had a, you know, assaulted an old man and woman, Especially if a young um, young person stands up to you, I get you might fight back. These are old people. They smash an egg over the wife's head. Um, then they we have this video. Can we roll this while he's talking, please? Yeah. Go ahead yeah, and roll they, this they while he's talking. The, turn, the, the turn the sound on, please. Go ahead. And, um, yeah, and they, they start pushing him on the floor. And then I would think, you know, at the very least, you would stop there. But then they start stomping on the man's body while he's on the floor. And, and, and it's to the point where... This man was basically seizuring at a point, and then all around him, the people are like, oh, well, just let him go. People are yelling obscenities, F you, you deserve this. I had to go actually get the police to come to get them out just because I was afraid that they were going to kill the people. Uh, and, and what was the guy doing that, that they felt he deserved that? Look, I watched the altercation for a while, and I know that he did use an expletive. I mean, people were pushing him and shoving him, and I know he did call someone, uh, you know, a homophobic slur back to them. Um, and they were telling him, you know, you need to go, you need to leave. And he stood there, and then they just basically jumped on them uh, in the middle of a public park, and they pepper sprayed them multiple times in the face with bear mace. And they were blinded for about an hour and a half. I actually had to take an hour out of the day. I didn't have to, but I, st- I had to help you know, nurse them back to life because they were just stuck on the concrete. The police just dropped them off in the middle of a lot. Good old Mayor Ted Wheeler's police force, you know, under great wow. direction to help the, the public. So were they out in force, though? I heard that things have changed to where the police were there in force. Is that true or not? You know, it's it's definitely a deceptive measure uh, because I can confirm that police were told to retreat on pretty much every occasion. And any time there was an actual chance to prevent violence, police would leave the area and let the Antifa just go into full mayhem. So they would, they would, they would move to an area and then they would just completely flood out of the area. Antifa would go crazy, start beating people up 
and then Antifa would push further into the city where the next police line was, and then they would disperse. And it was a total non-intervention measure where people were uh, – one guy got arrested. His name was uh, – um, what, what was his name? Alexander Dial. He's famous for wearing a shirt that says Beta Cuck for Life. Isn't that fantastic? Mm-hmm. Four shirts says Beta Cuck mm-hmm. for Life. He's uh, the gentleman who really, who really heated up the altercation that's going famous on the bridge where there was two buses full of uh, right-wing protesters stuck in traffic. And they came up and assaulted the bus. Now, this guy, had, he, he got away with multiple assaults before getting arrested. So the police, you know, they move in once they basically have to prevent a death. But other than that, if people want to fight, they're just ready to watch the havoc. But Ted Wheeler's been caught on camera saying that he stands with people who stand against this. And they have the right to demonstrate. And according to him, demonstrations are also tearing apart your city and beating people up who are walking down the street. So there's a one guy, and we've been watching some of the video that you guys took, um, one guy who's wearing like a Roman legion helmet and, you know, says, I hate the left. And uh, was he with his daughter? Okay, that's a, that's a common misconception. I was actually talking to Dan Bongino about this uh, last night, and, and I, he said he's going to correct on his show today. That was definitely not his daughter. She, from my understanding, she's a 24-year-old woman, okay, but I right. might have my age wrong. But okay. she still is very small. But she's, and, not, a, she's not the daughter, because that's insane if that's what he did. No, but there were babies there. There was a there was women with babies in strollers. What is wrong I, with people? What are you, well, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so what was your overall what was your overall takeaway from this, Elijah? They expected this to be a complete meltdown. What was your overall takeaway? I think that you know basically what we have here is that the city has clearly shown that the involvement of police is, is a PR stunt uh, for a city that has absolutely fallen to homelessness and to unruliness and to anarchy. And the teenagers, not only were they mostly young white people, you always find where the people fighting Nazis and fascists and racists are all just a bunch of white people, uh, young white people specifically. Um, I, I found out that, you know, they have like militant factions and recruiting in the colleges around here, which is interesting. Did some, some background on that. Um, they're out here in the streets and the police aren't doing anything. They yell at the police, scream at them, throw things, and nothing happens. And then the people end up getting released uh, after the fact, unless they do something severely uh, problematic. And there's no respect for the rule of law. The demonstrations grew and grew with size as the police didn't do anything. People kept going. And the mayor is completely complicit with it. They want blood. They don't care. And I can tell you from the signs I see in windows to the way things were on the streets, this is only a couple weeks after the last one of these demonstrations, I put it lightly, happened. This city is a breeding ground for radical left-wing domestic terrorism, and it is occurring on a regular basis and a more frequent basis. And the government is not stepping in to intervene, and it would look like by the way that they're treating the people who are, who are committing acts of violence, breaking the law, stopping traffic. By the way, I might add, I'll end with this. All the businesses in the area, almost every single one, including Starbucks, shut down. We're talking about lost income, everything. Businesses are afraid to have the doors open. And all he does is just put up a couple of police while the news crews are there. Once the news leaves, the police are out. The city's in havoc. And Ted Wheeler never condemns them, only condemns the right wing. And they're not the ones destroying the city. Elijah, thank you so much for going up there. You can uh, you can find Elijah Schaefer at slightlyoffensive.com. Uh, and we're going to also be posting the video, and we'll have you on uh, this afternoon to go through some of that video with us uh, at 5 o'clock on today's TV show. Thank you so much, Elijah. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. Have a great day, Glenn. You bet. I want to compare this to something else that happened uh, over the weekend and show you why this will never work. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program.